Welcome to Homeschooling Co-op Style, a weekly podcast hosted by Pat Wesolowski. Pat began homeschooling her nine children more than 25 years ago. It didn't take her long to discover that co-ops were a perfect fit for her educational goals. Co-ops allowed her family to study together with other families, creating a safe and friendly environment that was conducive to honing public speaking skills. Sharing responsibilities with other parents lessened the stress and the workload. After years of organizing and orchestrating a variety of co-ops, Pat is here to encourage, teach, and promote homeschooling co-op style. Hi, and welcome to Homeschooling Co-op Style. Today I'm going to be interviewing a good friend of mine, Terry, who's been homeschooling for a long time, and she's going to share her co-oping experiences with you. Welcome to the show, Terry. Hey, thank you, Pat. Uh, I wanted to have you on the show because you have a unique situation that I think some other homeschoolers will be able to relate to because you have worked part-time and I don't even know if it's been full-time or just part-time. It's kind of been a little of both throughout the years. A little of both throughout the years. Um, you're married and you have four children, correct? Yes. I'm not forgetting any of them. Okay. No. Nope. Um, and and I and I know you you have worked and I knew you have a son who's a competitive gymnast and we've been there done that and I know that puts a whole new spin on your world with scheduling and trips and everything else and I know you've been part of co-op over the years so I want you to share with our listeners what first made you give co-oping a try. Actually, it was just shortly after we started homeschooling and I didn't know what I was doing and so. I was really glad when uh, when you and Bethany and um, I don't remember who else was involved in that first co-op, but you guys invited us to join you um, in that science co-op way back long ago, and we had just started co-oping, and it seemed like a great way for me to kind of get to know how other people did it, just to get to talk to other moms, and just to learn more about, you know, what was this homeschooling thing that I was doing, so... Okay, well, I know Christian was your oldest, so had he been in school? Did you pull him out? Yeah, Christopher was in school through Perfect. third grade, so uh-huh. we started. The, you want to call him by his right name? <laughs> yeah, I'll call him by Christopher. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, Christopher um, was in school until third grade, uh, through third grade, and then we started homeschooling the year he was in fourth grade, uh, and now he's 23. Three. Well, he'll be 23 this summer, and he's graduated from college. So we've been homeschooling however many years that is. Yeah. So uh, and you had a several who never did go to school, right? Yeah, the other three have never gone to school. We've got Dominique, who's 16, Jeremiah is 13, and Alexandra is 12, and none of them have ever been in public school. And what did they think about the co-op? They always enjoyed the co-ops, and we've done a number of different kinds of co-ops, and they've always enjoyed, you know, being able to um, just hang out with their friends and learn together and just that sort of cooperative, you know, experience that it is. So, And in our co-ops, if you were in ours, we required the children to give presentations. What did you think, what did your children think about that? I think they were a little bit nervous at first, uh, as, as most kids would be, but honestly, they got used to it really fast, and especially the ones that had never been in school, like they just thought that was normal <laughs> to get up there and talk to each other. And so I don't think they really, you know, were too worried about it. And they started young, and so it was just a natural thing for them. It was a little harder maybe for Christopher because he was older. Yeah, but they did, you know, they got into it, I think, pretty well. And 
after the first, you know, couple of times doing it, it didn't seem to be a problem for them at all. Yeah, yeah, and I find that if you start them young, given the presentations, they don't realize that it's it's something they're supposed to be afraid of. And, and exactly. And it's become natural. Yeah. Exactly. Well, tell us about we some did, of the different – go ahead. No, well, I was going to say, um, we did one co-op with another some other families, and we had kids from, I think, three or four years old on up mm-hmm. to, you know, fifth or sixth grade. And and even the little ones would get up and just say a couple words, and they just thought it was fun. And so they were kind yeah. of, you know, getting inducted into that idea of this is not anything to be afraid of. So It surprises me that when I, I don't know about you, but when I went to school, I wasn't introduced to public speaking until college. And by then I was petrified, and it was not a fun experience. So it surprises me that, that schools wait so long to, to do that with kids because, you know, if you start them out early, it's they never develop a fear of it, and, and they become comfortable exactly. being in front of an audience. Yeah, I think that's true. Tell us about some of the co-ops you have been involved in. And, and I know the science one that you told me about, I know your husband was often able to come there, and I don't know if that was his flexible schedule at the time or not. And we yeah. like it when dads can come. We had a, a father at our um, Middle Ages co-op this past week, too. It doesn't always work out because our co-ops are usually during the time they work, but I know he was able to do that, and with you working, then you have to juggle schedules, right? Right. He was actually working at a car dealership at the time, and so he had a little bit of flexibility with his day off, and so um, he actually took that day off so that he could come to co-op and kind of see what we were doing because he's a public school teacher now, uh, and he was, before he worked at the car dealership, he actually started doing the car thing um, when I started homeschooling in an effort to um, make a little bit more money than what teachers make <laughs> since I wasn't mm-hmm. going to be working. He's now since gone back to teaching, but he wanted to kind of see, you know, what was going on and, and what we were doing. And with his teaching background, you know, he was interested in, in kind of seeing how we did things. But as far as the different types of co-ops that we've done, there were those sorts of co-ops that, that we were involved in with you with the uh, where the kids did reports, they did research, parents rotated responsibilities as far as, you know, snack or an activity or whatever. We've done um, some that were related to, to, you know, the science or different books. Uh, we've done one, the one I mentioned with the young kids, uh, in the families that we did, that was character qualities, and we just kind of made that one up as we went along. The, the moms got together and picked out the character qualities we wanted to study and picked Bible verses to go along with it and, and different activities to go along with each quality. That Where one was did lots you meet for that one? We met, um, that was at one of the mom's houses. Uh-huh. We did that with, she had a nice big area down in her uh, downstairs that worked really well for that. So we met at her house, and everyone just took turns bringing different snacks or bringing, uh, leading the activity or leading the lesson or whatever. We've also done life co-op, which is more of a uh, classes. Classroom type. Different, yeah, more where the moms take turns teaching different classes for a semester, which is a totally different way of doing it. The kids enjoyed that. We probably would still be doing that, except that um, with my working schedule, it was it's a requirement in that co-op that you that you teach a class and oh. help in another class. And so with my work schedule, um, it just became too difficult for me to try to prepare lessons, you know, for that. 
in yeah. addition to everything else that was going on. So they they missed it's that hard. one. It's <laughs> hard. It's hard when 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 a parent yeah. has when both parents have to work. It makes it difficult. Mm-hmm. And I know in the co-op we're doing now in the middle ages we we have a mom with six children who's had to go back to work part-time and some days she can be there and some days she can't this past week her husband was there for a while and 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 we work with them because we know it's important to them and 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 the other moms are gracious to make the exceptions that need to be made to to have that family in our co-op and that's one of the things that i think is neat about the homeschool community is oftentimes we can make exceptions we don't have to have hard and fast rules and and so when we have single parents or working moms their children still have the the benefits of participating in certain programs and i know the way life co-op is set up that's that's how they function i understand it's a whole different a whole different situation Working probably, I, I mean, I bet there's times where you're just tempted to say, no, you're not going anywhere because it's just too hard on you. So I, I congratulate you for making the effort that you've made to make sure they can participate and things like that. I know with my children, they look so forward to co-op day mainly because they just wanted to be with their friends. They would put that with the presentations right. and academics and everything else because it meant getting together with other children. And, and that's something that I do think is important. So Yeah, that's Absolutely. That's good that, you, that you've been able to do that. Um, what would you say to someone who has never given co-oping a try? You need to try it. Uh, there's, <laughs> I think everybody should do it at least once. And there's so many different types of co-ops out there that you can surely find one that will fit your schedule and your, you know, your kids, you know, your needs for them and whatever. I think, you know, even in Tallahassee where we are, there's it's not a huge town, but there's a lot of different things that go on here. And so I think anywhere that somebody is, you know, there would be something. And if there's not, I would say start one yourself <laughs> because, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's not hard. And all you need is just a little bit of, um, you know, just a little bit of direction in how to how to set it up. And you can just be off and running on your own and do whatever subject you want. And you know, kind of, kind of set it up the way it works for you. I remember, you know, when I first started out, and I did the science co-op with you guys, and then you encouraged me, you know, a, maybe a year later to to kind of do one on my own, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" But you know, you gave me that encouragement to go ahead and do it, and it worked out really well. And I did, you know, a few more after that. And so, I, I really would encourage everybody to just to just try it because there's so many benefits. It's not as hard as as people seem to think it is, especially if you have several moms and you're working together because you can brainstorm once you start talking and throwing out the ideas. It it, it comes at you pretty rapidly, and since you're sharing the workload, then it's not that difficult. And once you begin the co-op, it's so easy to tweak and make changes when you see, ah, that didn't work so well, or we didn't have enough time for crafts and we gave way too much time for this, and 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 so you can make changes, and it's not really something you can totally mess up. Don't know anybody who's yeah. been in a cop experience where they said that was a total failure. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, we yeah. have challenges now and then, but for the most part, the advantages far outweigh any disadvantages yeah. you have. And and you know, it's important to homeschool moms too to have that fellowship with the other moms. Exactly. We like yeah. it as much as the children do getting together and and being able yeah. to spend time and and then sharing the workload just takes more off of our shoulders. All right, we're going to take a break to hear from our sponsor. If you're interested in learning more about Bryan College's dual enrollment program, you'll appreciate this advertisement. 
Hello, I'm Stephen Livesay, President of Bryan College, and I'd like to tell you about an exciting offer to assist homeschool families. Bryan seeks to provide a stimulating online environment where our students experience a deepening love for God and His truth. And at $100 per credit hour, your child can finish high school and receive college credit at the same time. To learn more about your child enrolling in Bryan's dual enrollment program, where all classes are taught from a Christian worldview, contact us at online at bryan.edu, that's B-R-Y-A-N dot E-D-U, or visit bryan.edu slash online. And now, back to our program. Mm-hmm. So, well, as your as your oldest, as Christopher, near the age of completing high school, I imagine he wasn't in co-ops as much, and you probably supplemented um, your curriculum to prepare him for college. Can you tell us a little bit about how you did that? And I'll back up a minute and say, I have co-opted almost every year of my children's homeschooling experiences, and I've been homeschooling over 25, 28, long-time years, really getting old here. And and when my children finish high school and I have to put on a transcript what they did, it becomes a little bit challenging because in our co-ops we do unit studies and we pull in almost every single subject except usually math. That's usually supplemented. But we'll have Bible and we'll have geography, we'll have history, we'll have language arts. And I have to pull them out of what I've done. It's not quite as easy as the parents who follow a structured curriculum and they have their scope and key and all of that. So as our children get older, and we were intentional about the teenage co-ops and what they were learning prepare them for college, but not as intentional about marking off the boxes of what they have to have to show in high school. That becomes challenging. So what did you do with Christopher in that regard? Well, the main thing that I really felt he was lacking was, was writing and, and being prepared in, in English, and so really the only additional thing I did before he started at um, at TCC when he dual enrolled was I had him take a class, the writing class with Michelle Dean, you know, one of our local moms that, that kind of specializes in that just to really give him a better foundation in writing. Beyond that, I felt like he had had enough of the background at, as a homeschool mom taught me. Um, this might sound familiar to you, as long as they know how to learn. <laughs> I think that was you, Pat. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and he did have the foundation of how to learn everything. So I, I'll, I'll be honest, and you can uh, – I probably couldn't make a high school transcript for him if I had to. That's a secret. You can edit that out. <laughs> but, no, that's but okay. Went, and you went to school and roll in Florida. I know it's not the same state. But for the many yeah. homeschool students have gotten their A by the time they finish high school, and they don't, they don't even need further documentation. So right. it sort of takes care of jumping through the bat hoop. Right, and so that worked out because he went to he went to TCC. He knew how to study. He got good grades, and he got his AA. And so that was the documentation that he needed then to to transfer when he was ready to do that. So did he go to FSU? He didn't. He transferred to Flagler College, which okay. they have a campus yeah. on TCC. Well, I'll throw this in for free, even though it's not about co-oping. I met with several moms when I was in Florida in December to talk about Bryan College and their dual enrollment program because they only charge $100 an hour, and it's an amazing Christian education with a biblical worldview. That's a, a great price. And some of the moms were concerned about, concerned about whether those hours would transfer and someone remarked, if you get your AA dual enrolled, 
then you can transfer that anywhere. No college is going to say, oh, we don't want you because you got your AA there. They have their AA, okay. and that's that's a done deal. So I did check when I came back, and I checked with Brian, and, and they do offer that as well. And that seems to be the route some of the homeschoolers are going so that then when they enter college, they have the, the AA, and they don't you know have to work out the transcripts. But to be honest with you, it wasn't that difficult for the transcripts. I sat down with a high school um, counselor and said, what is it? I'm supposed to show what do I need and Matt last year we realized he needed a couple of subjects he hadn't done that I couldn't say we had covered top and we just did those subjects as last year and made sure we got them in there so we could put it all down on the transcript for the most part I'm guessing and I can't prove this that they take it out of the envelopes get in a file and he looks at it so I'm not real sure how much you know they care about that as much as they care about tech wars or you know other things that they look at too so but it is. I know some people hesitate to co-op in the teenage years because they feel like they need to spend all their time getting in every credit hours required by their day. They feel like missing so much by not having those group, those safe and friendly audiences where the kids can brainstorm, talk, and give their presentations and and do those things too. So I, you know, I I think you could probably fit both in. I, I'm, there's enough hours in the day that, that most people could work that out if they wanted to. So are you in a co-op this year or not at all because of the scheduling conflicts? Yeah, we're not this year um, because of my work schedule and Dominique's at TCC this year and, you know, Jeremiah's got the gymnastics every afternoon. So this year we're yeah. not, but this conversation is making me think, eh, maybe I'll have to plan <laughs> one next year that fits my schedule. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, or talk to because, talk to Suzanne uh, Wise if she does another one. You might really enjoy the one she's doing because they're they're for the older kids, and now your younger ones are getting older. <laughs> yes, they are. I know. Don't remind me. <laughs> yeah, and I remember too in that first co-op, Christopher was a little a little more shy and laid back, but but your young one has always been quite verbal. <laughs> yes, absolutely. the youngest son. Yeah. Yes, and, and he was always a joy to have in class, and even when when. Was it was it the one that was mostly teenagers? But he would still come. He was always willing to talk. Yeah. So it was worldview one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's funny. He's not shy to share his opinion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and and you know that's another thing cops are good for too because not only well the children raise the bar for the other children because they see oh that child's ten years younger than me or five years or two years and he's not right. afraid to share and to speak and 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 yet it gives us an opportunity too to teach children because I have. My granddaughter, I don't know if my daughter will listen to this, but she would agree. My granddaughter will walk through the whole entire co-op if I let her. <laughs> and, and being the grandma and the teacher at the co-op was a little bit trickier, but, but we did have right. to spend time saying, you know, you need to keep your conversation that's relevant to the co-op. You need to raise your hand. You need to give other people an opportunity to right. share. But those are good, good teaching lessons. opportunities, too. Yeah, absolutely. Life lessons. Yes, life lessons. And, 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 you know, there are life lessons that can only be taught in group situations that that you won't have the opportunity to do when you're home and, and not in a co-op. So that's another reason we encourage folks to do the co-oping. All right. Tell me where all you've met. Say it again. Different different places we've met? Yes. Usually it's either somebody's home or it's at a church. We did a co-op one summer, actually, that was just for fun during the summer. We did an arts co-op, and we met at the church in my neighborhood because um, they had a big open room, and we just learned about different art techniques. That's neat. We, 
How many? How long yeah. did you meet? A couple of hours? We met um, probably two hours once a week, and we met for, I think, maybe six weeks through the summer. And surprisingly, since it was during the summer, I didn't know what kind of response I'd get, but I think we had about five or six families that participated. Wow, and so, did the um, children look at it as, oh, no, school in the summer, or did they just love it? <laughs> they loved it because we were doing we were actually doing art activities each mm. week. We were learning about, you know, pottery one week or mosaics one week or you know, oh. different things each week, and they were actually doing a project. Wow. So they enjoyed it. Were they it. learning history of art at the same time? Yes, we were learning something about either an artist that, you know, did that type of work or about some history related to it. So we kind of snuck a little bit of, you know, learning in there with the fun. <laughs> Yeah, well, I love that. And, you know, our our first Middle Ages co-op we did, we talked the first week. We talked about the illuminated writing and illumination and what that is and what it means. And, and that was our our craft that day, and the kids just loved it. And and I thought it was wonderful. I've loved this, too, in our co-ops now because we can use multimedia. For years we didn't even have PowerPoint or, or the ability to hook the laptop up to a computer, TV or anything else. Now we do, but I can always find these. YouTubes that are relevant to the co-op, and that week there was one illumination that started at the beginning of how they even turned animal skins into the paper. Well, they didn't call it paper, and and how they did the illuminated writing, and it was so interesting. And then after we watched the video, they got to go sit at the table and and make their own, and so it just gives them such a a real appreciation and, and brings to life the lessons they're learning yeah. to have it presented that way, and then to be able and try and replicate it them, themselves. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking Definitely forward more to relevant. Yeah. <laughs> the end of the Middle Age co-op, we're going to have um, Middle Ages, <laughs> the Middle-Aged one teaching the Middle Ages. Actually, I'm <laughs> definitely Middle-Aged, but we're going to have a big feast and let them build castles. We're all collecting our cereal boxes and toilet paper rolls and things like that so they can build castles and we'll have a feast and we'll let them dress up and they're all looking forward forward to doing that too. So co-oping to me is almost... A, a sneaky way to have children enjoy yes. schooling because they yes. do like it. They like it so much. And even when you have very, very shy children and you, the parents say, okay, you don't have to give a presentation yet, it doesn't take long before they're asking to do it because they feel safe yes. and they see everybody else and, and they're not so intimidated anymore by it. So Right. It, it's a great way for them to sort of just absorb and then eventually they, you know, decide that they want to join in as well. So it right. pulls it out and pulls them together. Yeah, so you yeah. need to do another call next year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sure, uh, sure. some of the resources we've had. It was funny because for so long, I have nine children, as you know, and for so long they were all different ages. So my co-ops included children from little ages up, up to when they were just teens. And now that I have just teens, the co-ops we have are primarily for teens, unless I'm doing it for my granddaughter. But um, it's been neat being intentional with the one for the teens to get them to start thinking about life after high school and what that means and understanding current events and logic and false logic and debate and speak, public speaking and, and world views and, and tie all that together for them so they have a good solid foundation before they are finished with high school and stuck out in the real world where they're going to have to deal and grapple with all those issues. So it's nice having them in a group situation where they can talk and, and discuss yep. and come up with answers and solutions and ideas and things like that too. Yeah, so they can them. talk it out amongst themselves, bounce ideas and back when we, and forth. 
when we have our breakout groups, we assign leaders, too, so they'll take turns being the leader of a group and, and learn that skill as well. And, you know, we all have natural leaders, and, I mean, each group does, and there's some who would take the bull by the horn every time, but it's, it's important, too, that they not always be the leader so they learn how to work on a team without being the one in charge. <laughs> That's another life yeah. skill they need to learn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a very important one. So you have worked, worked around where co-oping has worked for you as a working mom. Probably isn't the easiest in the world, but but you've done it. And have there been times where were all your co-ops where you were present or your husband? Did you always make sure one or the other of you were there, or there's somewhere you could just drop them off? The only one I ever just dropped off was when we did the Worldview Co-op uh, the second semester, and we just dropped off Dominique for that one. Every other time, we always one of us was there. So right. that was just because of the circumstances of that particular co-op being geared more towards the teenagers. And, right. you know, we we did, of course, take our responsibility of, you know, bringing snack on a certain day or, or whatever else might have been needed, you know, even if I wasn't there, you know. But that other than that, yeah, normally we would always be there. I would always be there because it was required, you know, it was necessary um, and and you enjoyed it too, didn't you? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I mean, I miss I it. I, I've been there. in co-op. I, I've been in co-ops where we've broken into different rooms and stuff, and I couldn't be with all my children. And and I I, yeah. I missed seeing what I, they were doing. I enjoyed that part of it too. So we do require as much as possible parents to be there and to participate. But we find that usually parents want to be there to participate too. But then yeah. we also understand you can't always be there, so it's okay. And we we do need people who are able and willing to bring snacks and things like that too so we <laughs> well, work around your gift that year that, yeah. that year that I wasn't there I you know I always wondered what was I missing you know what was going on yeah. that I could get to you know be a part of so I would always ask lots of questions when I picked her up but yeah. um it's yeah it's not the same you know I definitely would prefer to be involved and to be able to be there on a regular basis because you want to see, you know, what's going on and what they're learning and what they're talking about. And right. it's the only way. The reality really is everybody yeah. can't always do that. So yeah, yeah. I know it sort of makes me sad, I mean, that when you think about parents whose children are in school from age 5 to age 18, some children I'm sure are more talkative than others. I have a couple who will just talk my ear off and tell me everything they did and everything they learned and everything that's going on, but I, Matt, who's living with me and going, Ryan College, I don't hear a thing. And I'll say, how'd your class go? What are you learning? What are they talking about? And he gives me the least amount of words <laughs> he can to, yeah. to have, until I quit asking the questions, but I would just love to be right there with him even, even today. I guess I just love learning and I love, you know, hearing about how that's going on. So as a homeschool mom, that blessed me. And and oftentimes I learned as much as them and, and, and maybe more in some of the classes. So yeah, that was, yeah, that was neat, too. It's definitely well, different I, from when we were in school. So, yeah, oh I, I learned a lot more now than I ever did back then. <laughs> oh, me, too. Me, too. And mm-hmm. And I love learning. And that's, you know, like one of the things that I think is the most important thing that we convey to them, that they learn how to learn and that they love doing it and they know it's not going to end. So many kids' goal is to finish college and shut the books and never open another one. And, and oh, they just don't realize what they're missing out by thinking that way, you know. 
Yeah, it's a sad thing. Absolutely. Sad. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to share with us. I know that you're a busy woman, and I know your son's really doing well in gymnastics. So congratulations there. It sounds Thank like you. everything's going really well. And and uh, okay. I hope you have a really good week, Terry. And thank you for joining us today. All right. Thanks so much, Pat. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. If you like what you heard, be sure to tell your friends. And until next time, this has been homeschooling, co-op style.